Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. And coming up on today's episode, give me my Week 10 marquee matchups. And I like a lot of these matchups, actually, going into this weekend's NFL games. And also, I'm getting into the John or Jim Harbaugh. I almost said John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has been suspended by the Big Ten. We'll get into those allegations. What it means for his little Michigan Wolverines as they go for the national championship. The number two team in the country. How is it going to affect them going forward? But first here, if you're new, remember new episodes are airing every Tuesday and Friday. It's available on all streaming platforms. As well as a website, sportstalkfromthecrib.com. You stream the podcast on there as well. And be sure to check out our social media. It's on Feel the Heat Entertainment. It's at, at Feel the Heat Entertainment. Feel the Heat ENT. It's on YouTube, X, Instagram, and Facebook. So go ahead and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Follow along. Do what you got to do to keep up with everything related to sports stuff from the crib. So let's hop into the first discussion. We're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. And my thoughts on the whole suspension handed down to him and what it means for this school going forward. So as you all very well know by now, if you're following around the sports world here, like allegations came against uh, Michigan assistants are stealing signs. They're getting information. That guy's been let go from the school and all this stuff. And it's falling on Jim Harbaugh. First off, you really want to know how I feel about this whole sign stealing and going to different schools, I guess, and just, you know, gathering information about their signs that they're calling out there on the field. Um, Who really cares? That's how I really feel about it. Like, who cares? You just suspended him for three games, the final three games of the regular season. They got a big game this weekend coming up against... Penn State in Nittany Lion Land. So, it'll be the whiteout happening out there probably. And also, like, uh, you got Ohio State at the end of the year. So, some crucial games coming up for Michigan and to competing for the, you know, getting to the college football playoff most likely and competing for a national championship. Now, will this have an effect as a team? I think it may. Did not have their, you know, head coach on the sideline with them, but he didn't miss some time in the beginning of the year. They didn't miss a step. So <laughs> he's already been suspended. Now he's suspended again. Is it his fault? Yeah, it's his fault a little bit. Um, is it that serious? Is it something like in the NFL, in the NFL when they had Spy Gay, Deflate Gay? We know, you know those Patriots, those cheating Patriots. Eh. I don't even think it's on that level. Like we're talking about stealing science in college football. What's the big deal? Like, I really don't understand what the big deal about it is. Like, who cares? It's not like you're bribing them with money and doing all this other cra- trying to do like crazy stuff. But I just don't see the big deal in it. Look at baseball. You got the Astros that were that won a World Series. Stealing signs. Bringing trash cans in the dugout for signing, doing all those other crazy stuff, right? They got caught. Still won a World Series. It's science stealing. Science stealing has been around since the beginning of sports. You steal science in football. 
You steal signs in baseball. You steal signs in basketball. You steal signs whenever you can. And you pick up on it. Right? If you're a great mind, defensive mind, like you were an offensive mind, you will pick up on certain signs that happen on the field and hopefully adjust, right? The difference is he, this guy, I guess, was going from school to school and stealing their signs that way. Is there any difference between if a head coach calls one of his other coaching buddies and asks, hey, you used to be a, you know, a coach, and say, like Alabama, because they've had coaches from that Alabama and Nick Saban tree has been going everywhere in college football, right? Ooh, I know the defense. I know how he typically calls this. Is that considered sign stealing? When you call that former coach that's now on your side and you're trying to gain that competitive advantage, is it the same thing? I think so. I think that may be even worse. Like, who cares? Like, that's how I really feel about it all. To spend suspend him for three games, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Where is the concrete evidence that Jim Harbaugh had anything to do with this? Did he order him to do it? Is there emails? Is there text messages? Is there phone calls ordering? His assistance to do this to this team so we can win this year? Or, like, what is it? You have to have some kind of concrete evidence for you to suspend him, not just suspend him because of the public eye. And, like, oh my goodness, they're sign stealing. This wouldn't happen in the SEC, you know, that type of ordeal. Like, who cares? Now, supposedly, you can file an injunction or whatever against this, and Jim Harbaugh can actually be on the sidelines. For the game, I don't know how that works. With the judge can overrule it if they want to get involved or whatever. But that's just something that I guess to keep an eye out on and see if it actually happens. But my overall thought about the situation is I don't really care. Jim Harbaugh, let's get the heck. I think they just want him out of college football and to go into the NFL with his brother or something. Because... It's just getting worse and worse year by year as he's there in Michigan. Especially since now he's winning the games and winning big games. All of a sudden, more allegations keep coming through. So we'll see if he tries to bounce the NFL, if he gets out. I think it's his time, you know, uh, win the championship this year and then bounce. How about that? <laughs> All right. I actually have three of them this week I'm going to talk about. We're going to start with, this is my favorite one of the week. Four o'clock game, Lions at the Chargers. I wish it was a Sunday night game because that Sunday night game with Jets and Raiders kind of don't want to watch, you know? But the Lions at the Chargers. Lions coming off the bye at 6-2. and two. Chargers are 4-4. Four and four. Of course, the Lions lead in that NFC North game above the Minnesota Vikings. Chargers at 4-4. Four and four. The Chiefs are at 7-2. and two. So the division may be a little bit reach, but if they lose this game, those wild car could be really tough to get into in the AFC conference. Um, Jared Goff versus Justin Herbert. Who's going to be the better of the two come uh, Sunday? Jared Goff on the year. They almost have similar numbers. 2,174 passing yards, 12 TDs, 3 picks. Herbert, meanwhile, 2,226 passing yards, 13 TDs, and 4 picks. So the numbers are kind of even so far. Um, they both have the buys, so the buys are out of the way. And one glaring fact is the rushing side on both teams. Now Jameer Gibbs leads the Lions with 399 rushing yards, two touchdowns. 
And Joshua Kelly actually leads the Chargers with 323 yards and two TDs. You would think the way the year started for the Lions would be David Montgomery and the Chargers would be Austin Eckler. But since Eckler has come back from an injury these past three games, he only has a modest 265 yards. Of course, I think it was like 130 or 140 of them in that first game versus Miami. That's where the majority of it came from. He's only averaging 3.6 yards per carry. The Chargers rushing offense has been kind of non-existent since he's been back in the lineup, but hopefully that can change this Sunday. Um, Lions do get that boost. David Montgomery is going to play, so he is returning. Meanwhile, like, Gibbs has been playing well, especially last game we had over 150 rushing yards um, against the Raiders, so he kind of finally had his moment, and having that one-two punch now with him and Montgomery, this Lions team can get even more dangerous. Now has the rookie is starting to get a little bit of a feel, you know, and what it's like to be in the NFL. And having Montgomery back is really going to help their red zone efficiency, I believe, because David Montgomery's been playing really well. He's kind of taken that Jamal Williams role of last year and just played really well in the trench, excuse me, in the trenches and in goal line situations. And just overall, you know, David Montgomery's been a pretty big pickup for them after losing DeAndre Swift. And company and Jamal Williams from last year. Like this Lions team didn't really miss a beat so far with the rushing. And with the Lions, I really feel like they can take advantage of this Chargers pass defense that really hasn't been too great. They showed moments where they've um you know they this looks like they're a great defense and have a great defensive front, but then there's like that secondary with you just have Derwin James back there now, and it's just that's where they let up a lot of yardage. And I think the play-action game that the Lions can do if they establish the run early can really open up you know, for some big-time yards with St. Brown, Sam Laporta, you know, and company, and this really open up that play-action game because the Chargers, well, they're dead last in pass defense, so... 286 a game, not the best. Rushing attack, remember last year, the rushing defense was abysmal. That was dead last, almost. This year, they're actually only let up 89.8 rushing yards a game. That's seventh best in the league. So it's almost like it's flipped, uh, even though the passing defense was way worse last year, too. But I'm just, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so uh, in a play-action game, I think it would be real key uh, way to watch this game with Jared Goff and the Lions offense and taking advantage of that Chargers secondary that's just been abysmal in the past second. It remains to be seen if Cleo Mack and Bosa can get after the quarterback because they've had these games where they have. And that would be the difference-making in this game. Um, also, the Chargers offensively, you got to start running the ball better. Austin Eckler has to get going. They get they get him going the last couple of games. Yeah, two rushing TDs last time. Uh, they got him going. The Bears when they played them in the passing game, they're starting trying to get him involved in the receiving game more. And Justin Herbert, middle finger that's busted on his non throwing hand, seems to not be as bothering him just as much as it's been in previous weeks. So that's to be something to watch in this game. Can uh, 
the Lions defense. Could Hutchinson and those guys get after Justin Herbert? One bad uh, kind of rep for the Chargers now. I want Quentin Johnson, their rookie wideout, to really step up. He's going to be the key on offense because we know Mike Williams went on IR weeks ago. This past week, they put Joshua Palmer on IR now with a knee injury. So their wide receiver room, it seems to be diminishing like it usually does for some reason when it comes to the Chargers. So Quinn Johnson, the rookie out of TCU, we want to see you step up and show you why you were that first-round pick because your guys are out. Williams is gone. Joshua Palmer has gone. I expect Joshua Palmer to be uh, reinstated here in about four weeks, so they will get him back. But as right now, they're getting to a little bit tougher part of the schedule. You're sitting at four and four. You can't really go to afford to go to four and five. So I want to see Quentin Johnson take that next step and really be a factor in the passing game to go along with Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler out of the backfield with Herbert will go a long way. As for who I got in the game, I'm actually going to take the Chargers. They're at home. I'm going to roll with them. I know the Lions are coming off a bye. I know they seem to be looking like the better team. But can I trust the Chargers? Brandon Staley, come on. Don't let me regret it. Please don't let me regret it. Don't lose this team. Don't cause this team to lose with your decision-making, please. That's all I ask. I want to take the Chargers. I expect a, some scoring in this game. I'm going to go 27-24. I think it will be close. I believe it will be a real competitive game. But I'm going to roll with the Chargers in this one. Okay, next up, I got the 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. 49ers, three-game losing streak heading into the bye week. They started off the year 5-0. Now they're 5-3. Coming off the bye now. Get a little retoolage. Get a little, see what... You know what's happening. They got Steve Wilkes, a defensive coordinator. He's not going to be up in the booth anymore. He's going to be on the field with the team. And they acquired Chase Young from the Washington Commanders. So that is going to add to that defensive front with him on one side and Bosa on the other. That could be a little scary. Yes, I know Chase Young has only played in 12 games in the previous two years. But remember, he was a rookie of the year. And this year, I think I believe he has up to five sacks now. And he's had to get out of Washington. I don't know what Jack Del Rio is doing with them guys down there at defensive front. But they traded him. Traded away Sweat. Like, I don't know what's going on there in Washington. I don't even know how Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera have jobs. But that's for a different story. A different time. So, something to look out for in this game. Like I said, like Chase Young is a huge addition. I think he's going to be kind of a scary weapon there. They're going with Bosa. This Niners defense may be right back to where it is because they've really slipped and fallen the rankings. Like They're not where they were like in the beginning of the year in that five-game win streak. Now they're in the 20s. They're almost in passing yards. and It's just not true 49ers defense. They've been really struggling even getting after the quarterback, honestly. So... Uh, that's something to look out for. No, they're tied with Seattle now at 5-3 in the division. So, got to stay a leg up on them. And now's your chance. They also get Debo Samuel back. So, that's another key piece of the offense to help Brock Purdy. 
kind of struggled, was turning the ball over there for a while. Having Debo back, Chris McCaffrey's healthy. You know, of course, you got Kittle. Give him the ball more in the, in the passing game. I think that would help out a lot, too. So now let's talk about Jacksonville. What a surprising team, right? They're on a five-game win streak. They start off 1-2, and two, now they're 6-2. and two, Which They kind of control their own destiny in the AFC South. It's not that great. Texas are the next in line at 4-4. Four and four, So be on the lookout for C.J. Stroud. He's balling, but I really like the you know, Jags in this division. Barring an epic collapse. So they've been on the road, right? They've been traveling to London twice. Played on the road. Played well against Pittsburgh. Played well. Like, like this Jacksonville Jaguar team. Are they the best team in the AFC? Or are they not? Like, this is a legitimate question to ask yourself if they are now the best team in the AFC. And this week against, against the San Francisco 49ers, really tough defense. Really prove a point if they can come out with a victory. Travis Etienne's played really well. You got um, Trevor Lawrence. He's played really damn well over the, over the last few weeks. Like, you got Calvin Ridley, can maybe get him going a little bit more with Christian Kirk in the passing game. Get him more involved like he was the first couple weeks of the season. I think they'll get back to that. And I'm going to roll with the Jags in this one. It's going to be tough. This is a big test for this team. But coming off the bye, I trust them. Um, They've had a lot of time to rest, believe it or not. Because like I said, they are like... This crazy stretch of three weeks where they were on the road and tattooed in London, and they were able to pull it out there. So I like the Jags in this one. I don't know if it's going to be real high scoring or whatnot, but I'm going to go more of like a 19-16 situation. I think it's going to be kind of low scoring, but I got the Jags in this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners win, obviously. The next one I want to talk about is a divisional matchup between the Browns and the Ravens. Browns five and three, Ravens seven and two. Ravens defeated the Browns earlier in the season, twenty-eight to three. Demolish them. That was when Deshaun Watson was out, and that's when Dorian Thompson, you know, the rookie, got his first career start. That kind of threw him out there, and you know, it wasn't a great game by Cleveland. But this is a matchup that has gotten more intriguing to me by the minute. Because the Ravens have been balling. But they've been playing those NFC. Lamar Jackson owns the NFC teams. They blew out the Lions. Blew out the Seahawks last week. Like this team has been on a roll. And the run game has a lot to do with it. Gus Edwards is running all over. I'm getting rushing touchdowns. Got Lamar Jackson running the ball. Got the rookie. Finally got some action in Keegan Mitchell last week. So it was Ravens offense. Finally clicking. OBJ finally got a touchdown. Like, there was finally some movement that we thought was going to happen in the beginning of the year when they got all these pieces together, um, this Ravens team. So, it's a battle of defenses. Look, I mean, this is just crazy stat-wise. Browns are number one in def- uh, defensive efficiency here. Ravens are number two. So you got the top two defenses going against each other. Deshaun Watson, of course, is going to be playing this time around. So that can, maybe that can uh, be a difference. The Browns are only allowing 145 passing yards a game. Ravens are only allowing 
in today's rules and the offensive this speed and plays and motions and just defenses can't touch the guys to only allow 145 passing yards a, a game is insane. It is insane in today's NFL to think about. And the Ravens only 170. Like, that is just insane to me how well they're playing. Now, Browns have allowed 89.8 rushing yards a game. Ravens, 91.9, so they're kind of even in that. Browns are one of the top rushing offenses in the league, even despite losing Nick Chubb. They got kind of a three-back rotation now. Got Kareem Hunt. They re-signed him. Now, he's been playing the last few weeks. Of course, Jerome Ford. Um... You got the other kid there, uh, Pierre. So they've uh, Pierre Strong, I believe his name is, and that's been the running back rotation. They've done pretty well in it. Now the Sean Watson, Amari Cooper, can you connect more? Uh, in the passing game, they had a really dime last week. I mean, it was a perfect throw that Deshaun Watson made to Amari Cooper. So that's a big matchup to watch. Can Amari Cooper win those? matchups and open up the passing game with Deshaun Watson. And Ken, which team is going to be running better uh, with the ball? will be another key factor. I'm a, this is going to be a fight. The dog pound, the Ravens, Browns on the road have been struggling, though. They let up all those points to Indianapolis Colts, all those points to Seattle Seahawks. Meanwhile, the Ravens just demolished the Seattle Seahawks, so you kind of look at it that way. You're thinking the Ravens are going to win big. But we all know what happens in divisional games. They take personal. Cleveland's got a shot. Don't count them out. So, but in this one, I want to ride with Cleveland, but I just don't think Deshaun Watson is going to make enough plays in the game for them to win. And it's going to cost them. I believe they're going to have a lot of three and outs. Baltimore. The MVP of this game may be Tucker, the kicker. <laughs> you know, because he can shoot it from 60, by, 60 uh, yards out in his sleep. So he may be the uh, the MVP of this game. I expect to be low scoring and a battle. I'm going to go like 15-13 Ravens. I'm picking them in this week. Get the win over the Cleveland Browns. And there you have it. That's going to wrap up today's episode. And thank you all for joining me again on Sports Talk from the Crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember, new episodes are airing every Tuesday and Friday. It's available on all streaming platforms. And be sure to check out our website at sportstalkfromthecrib.com. And follow us on social media, Feel the Heat Entertainment, Feel the Heat ENT. We're on X, you, uh, yeah, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So give us a follow, subscribe to the channel on there as well thank y'all for joining me again y'all enjoy the weekend see y'all on tuesday